Hey, you're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. It is 510 here in the station in Pittston, 65 degrees, and mostly cloudy outside. Well, it's Friday. It's time for Do I Have a Case with Frank Andrews. We'll be back with the show in just a few minutes. All right. Thank you very much, Rob. Good afternoon, everybody. Nice to have you with us as we answer the question, do I have a case? And I want you to know that we have lots of questions coming in from all over in northeastern and central Pennsylvania. And if you mailed in that question, we'll get to it as fast as we can. But you have to understand, we're getting hundreds and hundreds of questions. This has become a very popular part of WILK News Radio. And the man with the answers, the guy that we drive crazy every week is attorney Keith Figured. How are you, Keith? I'm doing good, Frank, and a pleasure to see you again, Rob. And uh, you never drive me crazy. I look forward to this each week. Well, we get pretty close to it. And uh, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things on Keith's website is his practice area is workers' compensation, and I think people recognize that. And so a lot of questions come in on that subject. So here's the first one. I returned to work on light duty after shoulder surgery following a work injury. The doctor ordered physical therapy three days a week. I work 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., and I leave work two and a quarter hours early to go to therapy. Does workers' comp pay for those hours lost from work? The main issue here is whether the claimant's time away from work to pursue medical treatment needed to resolve a worker's compensation injury during work hours constitutes a disability as that term is defined by Pennsylvania Workers' Compensation Act. Um, I know that's a little bit convoluted, but that's basically how the act um, is defined and, and what is necessary in order to determine whether or not the employer is responsible for paying for that missed time. In Pennsylvania, it has been explained that the term disability, disability links two discrete concepts, and that's a physical injury that results in the loss of earning power. Therefore, a mere physical injury will not, absent specific circumstances, result in the receipt of benefits. Rather, in the interpretation of the Pennsylvania Workers' Compensation Act, the word disability is to be regarded as synonymous with loss of earning power. The disability contemplated by the Workers' Compensation Act is the loss total or partial of the earning power from the injury. A causal connection between the work-related injury suffered and the loss of wages must be established in order to receive an award of wage loss benefits. Courts determine the degree of a worker's disability by reference to how the injury affected a person's earnings. It is well settled that the loss of earning power resulting from an employee's personal preference or voluntary conduct is not compensable. So once the employee has been released to return to work, the employer is required to demonstrate that a job has been made available to the employee and the rate of pay made available to the employee. If the employee's rate of pay is unchanged or greater than that which was received pre-injury, the employee's disability has ceased, which necessarily means the payment of benefits will be discontinued upon proper petition. Where there is evidence of record uh, where the evidence of record establishes that medical treatment is readily available to the claimant during non-work hours, and this is the important part, that time does not amount to a work-related disability under the Pennsylvania Workers' Compensation Act, where the claimant 
does not seek medical treatment that is readily available to the claimant during the work-related hours, but rather leaves the workplace early to receive such treatment, the claimant is not entitled to an award of wage loss benefits. So basically, if the employee is able to treat during non-work hours, and they're taking off time during work to treat because it's more convenient, it's not going to be, uh, they're not going to be entitled to compensation. Now, I have a case now that I'm dealing with that there's an actual exception to that, where if they're in a union, now under the collective bargaining agreement, it specifically indicates not only that the employer is responsible for paying if they have to take off time, and it doesn't designate that they have to try to do it during non-work hours, it just indicates that under the collective bargaining agreement, that if they miss time uh, for treatment, that they're not only to be compensated, but under the CBA, uh, or a collective bargaining agreement, they're also to reimburse them for the mileage. Now that is specific because that's a separate contract that was negotiated for under the union. But under the Workers' Compensation Act for an at-will employee, if you can treat during non-work hours, you are not entitled to be compensated. Okay, next question is also workers' comp related, and you may need to give us a brief history of the workers' comp law in the Commonwealth. But here it is. I work for a small company of under 20 people. Is my employer required to have workers' compensation insurance in Pennsylvania? In 1915, the Pennsylvania legislature enacted the Pennsylvania Workers' Compensation Act. The statute charges the Department of Labor and Industry and the Bureau of Workers' Compensation with carrying out the administrative and appeal obligations defined in the act and specifies compensation for employees who are injured as a result of employment without regard to fault. And that's the importance here as it pertains to workers' compensation, as it's a non-fault claim. Amendments eventually merged the compensation for injuries and occupational diseases into this act. The statute defines the benefits available to Pennsylvania workers, the conditions under which benefits are available, and the procedures for obtaining them. The workers' compensation system protects both employees and employers. I think a lot of people look at workers' compensation and they think it only protects the employees. However, employees receive medical treatment, and are compensated for lost wages associated with work-related injuries and disease. Um, there's also a term called specific loss benefits, which is for disfigurement of the head, face, or neck, amputations, crush injuries. Um, and as far as employers, employers uh, provide for the cost of such coverage while being protected from direct lawsuits by employees. And what that means is, um, whereas if you're in a car accident, you can sue that individual under a claim for tort or negligence, there's much more significant damages, such as pain and suffering, possibly punitive damages. So when this act was created, it actually protects the employer from those additional damages, but it doesn't require the employee to establish negligence, so long as they were hurt in the course and scope of employment, um, and as I had indicated before, they sustain a disability as defined by the actor entitled to compensation. Now, as far as the question of being mandatory, workers' compensation coverage is mandatory for most employers under Pennsylvania law. Employers who do not have workers' compensation coverage may be subject to lawsuits by employees and to criminal prosecution by the Commonwealth. Under the Act, most employers with at least one employee must have workers' compensation insurance. This includes full-time, part-time, seasonal, and even family members employed by the business. The requirement applies regardless of the number of hours worked or the type of industry. There's a very um, uh, small exception. I mean, to spend a little bit of time, but basically it's like an agricultural worker who works for fewer than 30 days and less than 
uh, $1,200 in a calendar year. So, I mean, I don't know that many, if anybody, would uh, um, uh, basically be uh, avail himself of that exclusion. Um, but in Pennsylvania, employers can obtain workers' compensation through, uh, through a licensed carrier. And basically what happens, um, for instance, when I get, because I've, I've had clients contact me that um, their, their employer does not have coverage. And what happens in Pennsylvania is there's a guarantee fund. So once we apply for that claim, it'll come back and indicate that the employer is not covered. Um, then we have to put the guarantee fund on notice and actually file a claim through them. And that's when the government gets involved. And that's um, something that an employer does not want to happen because they're going to go after that employer for all of the costs. And as it indicates, they can even go after them criminally. So, so the answer is yes, the employer is required. Uh, one other thing that I would um, just to clarify is a lot of times employees uh, or I should say employers try to get out of coverage by saying they have an independent contractor. Um, a lot of times that doesn't fly because you can have what's called a statutory employer. And it doesn't matter. I've had cases where they actually have an independent contractor badge and a number on their chest, and we've established that they were employee. It basically comes down to the control the employer has over, over the individual. Very complicated. I think that's one of the reasons why you want to go to Keith's website on click on practice areas, workers' compensation, and you'll get lots of information. But if you do have questions, you might want to contact him. And Keith, how do people get in touch with you? Okay, my direct dial is 570-954-9299. I can receive emails at Keith at figuredlaw.com. And as you said, Frank, there's lots of information and I can be contracted through my website at figuredlaw.com. And folks, if you have a question, whether it's on the subject of workers' compensation or just about anything where you need some legal advice, just email me, frankandrews at wilknewsradio.com. Again, frankandrews, wilknewsradio.com. And Keith, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Rob. Look forward uh, to next week. All right. And Rob, we'll get back to the program. More great information there from Keith. And um, it's time for traffic and weather. Oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> hi. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. There is a bit of a slowdown, 81 northbound, as you head toward Montage Mountain Road. There was a minor accident off to the side. Uh, things are moving now, but they may be moving pretty slowly. There is slowing in both directions between Music and Scranton on 81. And we also have some heavy traffic and slowing 81 between Lenox and the Waverly exit. Heavy traffic on... Route 309, Wilkesbury Township Boulevard may be causing delays as well. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of a shower, nearly a full moon if we can see it. Low 54, Saturday morning clouds giving way to afternoon sun. High 72. Sunday, patchy fog burning off to reveal gorgeous sunshine. High 78. Monday, mostly sunny, foggy to start. High 80. It's currently 65 degrees and mostly cloudy at 521 at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 525 here at the station, 65 degrees and mostly cloudy. If you can... Uh, Want something to say? Want something to talk about? Want to participate 
in the events today. You can call or text 570-883-0098. Get involved. Get it off your chest. Leave it in the weekday so you can enjoy your weekend. Lots going on. Lots going on. Well, it looks like um, per Donald Trump, he's not participating in the November Republican presidential debate in Miami. His campaign just confirmed that on Thursday, marking the third consecutive time that the former president and frontrunner has declined to debate his primary rivals. At the same time, Chris LaSavita, a senior advisor to Trump campaign, called on the Republican National Committee to scrap all future primary debates so that the party and its candidates can coalesce behind Trump and turn their focus to defeating President Joe Biden in 2024. The RNC should immediately put an end to any further primary debates so we can train our fire on crooked Joe Biden and uh, quit wasting time and money that could be going to evicting Biden from the White House, he said in a statement. Now, the debate in Miami is slated for November 8th, though an exact location hasn't been announced yet. A handful of candidates are expected to be in Florida in the days before the debate. Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgham are scheduled to speak at the Florida Freedom Summit in Kissimmee on November 4th. Trump has also invited Florida Republican Party Executive Committee members to an event at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach on November 9th, according to a copy of the invitation. The posting from the Trump campaign came just after... Seven of his primary challenges met at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California, on Wednesday for the second RNC-sanctioned debate. Um, It it doesn't appear he's going to partake in any of the debates, and the RNC really needs to get together with the debates that they are having. There are far too many people involved in the debate. The debate was a mess, shouting over each other, arguing over curtains, They really need to slim down this field uh, if they're going to have a debate at all. I would like to see Donald Trump partake in a debate with at least the top two or three. Four at most on the stage. So Donald Trump and pick three others. Who the three others? I mean, at this point, it looks like it would be Ron DeSantis. and, And the other two are kind of fluctuating at this point. If the RNC doesn't get its act together though, um, I don't know where we're going to stand. And there's a lot of things, again, the passing of, of Dianne Feinstein really asks a lot of questions. I mean, even even re- reporters I'm seeing on both sides, conservative reporters, you know, progressive reporters, are saying the same thing. I mean, Mitch McConnell, you know, Dianne Feinstein stayed her in her position way too long. She should have bowed out probably two or three years ago spent the last two or three years of her life, um, you know, being around her family, not not in Congress, being wheeled around, being told what to do. And the same could be safe for Mitch McConnell. And we're probably close to saying the same thing about Joe Biden, our current president. Just won't be able to function on the scale that he is for another five years, the year he's got left and another four. So, you know, where are we? Other nations that really don't like us are looking at that very strongly. So we better uh, come into it. And then you look on the other end of that spectrum. 
you know, where Donald Trump is going to have a very rough time in swing states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. There's, there's a handful of states that he's going to have a hard time getting to that 270 electoral vote. He didn't do it last time. You can blame whatever you want for that. But if you think it's a give me, you have to look at are things bad enough to where enough independents and Democrats are going to swing over? Because as of right now, Donald Trump is not pulling the same Republicans that he was pulling in 2016 or 2020. He's not pulling near the independents that he did in 2016. And he's not pulling near the minimal amount of Democrats that he needs, anywhere from 4 to 8%. That crossed over because they wanted change. They wanted somebody who wasn't in politics out, but now with the vitriol hate towards Donald Trump and everything around him, from them and these a lot of these court cases like this this business court case the fraud case in New York that just went when you look at that at its core when you start picking that case apart and I did I actually got the court case and started picking through it that's going nowhere that's simply for media headlines that Donald Trump and his kids have been charged of fraud that their companies are being dissolved. They, 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 there's no victims. Everyone made money. This is not the this type of case. Even from the legal experts in New York, Democrats say this type of case is unheard of. Where it's heard of is if you do what they say he did to defraud other people, to get over on them, to get money and run away with it, to get money and that for something you know it's failed. But everyone in this case made money. Everyone, the banks made money, his insurance companies made money, everybody made money. This is simply for headlines. Now, now I'm talking about this specific fraud case, this recent one, is simply for headlines that Donald Trump's convicted of fraud in a civil case. Judge found that he's, he's committed fraud against his companies, and we're going to suspend his LLCs, we're going to make problem for him to continue doing business as usual, we're, we're going to throw a monkey wrench in that, and we get headlines for the next couple of months that if it gets anywhere from 1% to 3% of voters to change their mind, they won. It's as simple as that. That's what this case is about. This case is going nowhere through the appeals court. It's getting overturned. It's not getting it's, – it's, it's garbage. Some of the other cases, we could talk about more. There's some validity there. Obviously, the self-inflicted ones where he should have just returned classified documents, but there's other people involved in that. Joe Biden has his own documents case issue. You look at uh, – you want to look at a, a fine – Comparison to it, look at Mike Pence. He said, yeah, I got uh, these documents, and uh, yeah, I made a mistake. Not charging him. Joe Biden, they've already invested, uh, interviewed 100 people for his cases, for his, uh, for his uh, document case. So that's going somewhere. Because, again, can't admit to anything, can't say he did anything wrong. But this... Fraud case, business fraud case in New York is garbage. It's simply for a couple months of headlines to say that that's what it is, to try and sway voters. Soon as it's done, soon as the election's done, it goes away. It's as simple as that. It's 5.33 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Not really a Bruce fan, but if you are, he's canceled all remaining 2023 concerts uh, dates due to illness. Rocker abruptly canceled shows in August due to an undisclosed health problem. He's canceling the remaining dates of his 2023 tour 
due to uh, peptic ulcer disease. Statement shared on his Instagram reads, Bruce Springsteen has continued to recover steadily from peptic ulcer disease over the past few weeks and will continue treatment uh, for the rest of the year uh, through the rest of the year on doctor's advice. It continued with uh, with this in mind and out of an abundance of caution, all remaining 2023 tour dates for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band will be postponed until 2024. The statement concluded with a quote from Springsteen, which read, Thanks to all my fans and friends for your good wishes, encouragement, and support. I'm on the mend and can't wait to see you all next year. Well, you know, regardless of his takes on things, you know, his music is okay, but I've just really never been a fan of it. Um, you know, I wish him well. I don't wish it well, ill will on anyone, and hopefully he uh, he recovers from what he's got. Let's go to the phone real quick before we break. We have uh, Joe from the Back Mountain. Joe. Yes, how you doing? All right, how are you? Right? I can hear you. I'm, I'm doing good, brother. Hey, uh, listen, a couple quick things. Fetterman, Fetterman came out and said that the Republicans are diminished people because they want to, you know, they want to get something out of the board, uh, out of the budget deal, which is border control. Okay, this is a typical commie, uh, you know, attack people no matter what. I guess the Democrats don't ever want anything out of a budget deal, do they? Yeah, of you know, course. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Now, what about our our illustrious Governor Josh Shapiro? Uh, making it so that if you go for a driver's license, if you qualify to get one or an ID card, you're automatically registered on the voter rolls. Okay, well, what do you need to get a driver's license? You need to prove residency. I don't think you need to prove citizenship, do you? Yeah, you so, don't. You don't. If you're not a citizen, you can get a driver's license or a real ID, right. but it doesn't. It's not supposed to give you that screen if you don't have that right documentation. You know, when you when you get processed by the person at the counter and the screen's there, if you're a non-citizen, uh-huh. those things shouldn't be brought up. The screen shouldn't pop up. Now, what what the fact that it shouldn't pop up and if it does is two different things. Right. But it's right. not supposed to. But it's it? It, well, I looked into that whole entire. Like he he's made a big push on this automatic voter ID thing, and it's really smoke yeah. and mirrors. He's ta- he's taking a victory lap for really doing nothing. All his policy has done has taken away the screen that. That when you get processed at the DMV by the person behind the counter and you have the screen there, usually it asks you, would you like to register to vote? And you can click yes right. or no. All this right. new policy did was take that screen away. You don't okay. have an option of yes or no. It just takes it right. here to register to vote. And you can X that screen out and not register the vote. So all right. his policy did was take away the screen, just like the screen that says, would you like to be an organ donor? Yes or no. You click that and then it takes you to the next one. Well, would you like to well, register then- to vote? Right, but then they're going to automatically, anybody that applies for a driver's license and qualifies to get it is going to be automatically be registered to vote. Only if they continue through that process. They can X out that screen and not register the vote. Uh, I'm confused. The way I understood it was... As long as you as long as you qualify to get the license, you have to you have to physically sign something to opt out. No, nope, you can you can X out I you thought. can X out of that screen. You can back out of that screen. I, I've checked with them. It, it, it's it's not giving you the right? it's not giving you the option to say no, but you can X out of the screen and continue. Do you think that people who come here? that maybe not citizens yet are going to X out of that screen? No, and that's the purpose of they're going to do it. It looks like you have exactly. to do it, but you don't have to do it, which is why I've said, you know, all it does is take out the choice of the yes or no votes. 
And, uh, you know, he's taking a victory lap like he's this big um, the, this big founder of new election progress when all he did was take away a yes or no screen. So in my, in, my, in my estimation, like you need a body for a crime, okay, you know, you need a body. Well, for a vote, all you need is a name on a roll. That's all you need to get a vote. Whether that person votes or not, somebody's going to vote for them. The That's more the more it. registered voters that are out there, the more way to manipulate that amount of registered voters that exactly. are out there. So exactly. So we'll we'll see what goes on, and we need to tighten Thanks. up the security procedures involved with it. I appreciate you call, Joe. Can I can I say one other thing? Real quick, I got traffic and weather. Uh, yeah, I just want to say I think we should support Trump right now and fight the battle. I I, I think him and DeSantis missed the chance to work together, and it's too bad. Even if DeSantis say got the nomination and got elected. He's going to do nothing but have to fight the way Trump did for four years. He's going to have to. We, we, have, we have to fight the battle now. We do, Joe. I appreciate your call. Um, it's time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. It just looks like a little bit of slowing on 81 both directions between Music and Scranton. Also between Lennox and Waverly, very slow go on 81 both directions. You have heavy traffic on Main Avenue in Scranton as well as River Street in Plains. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call, oh, there's an accident out on Route 315. Almost forgot about that one. Accident Route 315. Uh, between Oak Street and the Arby's that might be causing some problems on your way home. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line. I got four-wheel drive. Uh, right? It's not going to be much of a problem. I'm hoping we can get out of the driveway. Uh, I didn't really see, walk out front to see exactly where it happened, but it's right there. No one hit the building because it's, we're still here. Yeah, we're well, if you hit this building, you had a problem. <laughs> we're a little far off the road. A little um, bit. Well, a little bit. Uh, whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269, Nikki Stone. W-I-L-K traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jerry, Jeremy Luan. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of a shower, nearly full moon if you can see it, low 54. Saturday, morning clouds giving away to afternoon sun, high 72. Sunday, patchy fog burning off to reveal a gorgeous sunshine day. High 78. Monday, mostly sunny, foggy start. High 80. Are they teasing me with these fall weathers with these 80s now? Come on, I'm ready for fall. 65 degrees and mostly cloudy at 545 here at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, just looking through some uh, text messages I got here. Again, you can get some text messages in or call in. We've got a little bit of time left. Five seven zero eight eight three zero zero nine eight. Rob uh, Rob at mediate dot com. Robert Kennedy to leave the Democrat Party and run as an independent. If true, Biden is toast. Not necessarily. I've seen a bunch of breakdowns of that, and uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. running as an independent siphons on some of those polls more votes away from Trump than it does from Biden. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that. But I, I've seen that run both ways, where it it's uh, it's not a gimme that the, the Biden's the one who uh, who is affected the most there. So uh, it, it's uh, I'd be cautious with that. And then uh, what do we got here? Oh, uh, here's a case I saw. This was just uh, I actually threw this in because it uh, came at the last minute. 
today, um, the Supreme Court agreed Friday to decide whether state laws that seek to regulate Facebook, TikTok, X, formerly Twitter, and other social media platforms violate the Constitution. The justices will review laws enacted by Republican-dominated legis. And again, this is the AP spin. So it says the justices will review laws enacted by Republican-dominated legislatures and signed by Republican governors in Florida and Texas. While the details vary, both laws aim to uh, prevent the social media companies from censoring users based on their viewpoints. Now, here's the spin from the Associated Press. And again, the Supreme Court decided to look at this. The Supreme Court will decide if states' laws limiting social media platforms violate the Constitution. Now, they spin it as the, the Supreme Court is reviewing these laws that these Republican-dominated legislatures and Republican governors signed in Florida and Texas that simply say that prevent social media companies from censoring users based on their viewpoints. If you're a social media company and you're going to have a platform, be it a private platform or not, but if you're going to want public input, you cannot censor that at that point. You can't say, well, these are the ones we want, these are the ones we don't want. They spin this as the Supreme Court's looking to come down on these Republican laws, when that's not the case. The Supreme Court may come down and say these laws were 100% correct in holding social media companies accountable, Therefore, the rest of the nation now has precedent to do the same. But I understand from the Associated Press that's the, the spin that they want, that they're, they're, they're looking into this law that they passed, this law that, that we question. You know, if you're going to have a public platform like Twitter, now X, TikTok, Facebook, other social media platforms, well, then so be it. And again, once you open that platform to the public, even though you're a private entity, you cannot pick and choose. So it's going to be interesting, and this is the fact that they are even looking at this may give a great precedent moving forward. Now, if they turn around and say, hey, these are private entities, and there's nothing government can do to tell them one way or another to do things, well, then so be it then, too. Then you know what you're getting, at least. But this that came out of Twitter, mostly, with the censoring of the Hunter Biden laptop story, with the censoring of things when it came to COVID, when it came to treatments of COVID, when it came to medical professionals giving their advice on social media and it being censored. They had whole departments censored for these things. I mean, there was an, a Twitter at the time before Elon Musk took it over had their own onboarding process for employees that came from the FBI and the CIA. A separate, and we, hey, we got our own uh, path to work here. Here's our own on, onboarding. And they worked very closely with entities like the CDC, the FBI, the Department of Justice when it came to things like COVID, like the Hunter Biden laptop like the dossier and some stuff like that. We really need to strive to get independent journalists back where everything now is commercial sales. Everything now, even the debate, this, this, this most recent debate that we had, if you paid attention to the commercials that were played during this debate, it was a commercial event. This wasn't a public service debate of Republican candidates for the president of the United States. 
this was a, a Disney show. This was a this was a coordinated commercial sales event. That's all it was. If you look at the commercials that were played during it, and we need to get away from that. And I understand. Hey, you know, the paying the bills is what makes these companies tick. But uh, you know what? If they told the truth more, that would probably make the bills pay. They probably up their their viewership then as well. If they really did independent journalism, investigative journalism to hold, I mean, they the media, print media, our newspapers, our news stations, are you know, they were our wing of government to hold them accountable. They were the checks and balances on top of the checks and balances, and it just doesn't exist anymore. It, it doesn't at all. It's all a progression of politics. It's all a progression of viewpoints. It's all how do we sell the most. I mean, Donald Trump, as much as they hate him, was the biggest salesperson for CNN there was. And they're hurting greatly now, which is why they strive for that again, which is why they'll push for that again. And it's why I tell you time and time again, get your information from as many sources as you can. Form your own opinions. Get your own viewpoints of these things because you're not getting it from the media you're not getting it from the people who are writing your newspapers you're not getting it from you know right away when you open up a story from the associated press cnn fox news msnbc you know npr you know exactly the slant you're getting you know exactly what you're getting because they're giving marches, marching orders by their editors their editing man their managing editors their senior editors Telling them this is what this is the angle we want because this is what's going to sell our ads. It's what's going to sell our commercials. This is what we want. They have meetings on it every day. Hey, here's the story that's out there. Go out and get it, but you know we want it to go in this direction instead of holding our government accountable. If we had a media that held our government accountable, do you really think Diane Feinstein, who died last night, would have voted yesterday in the Senate? No, they would have been called out for what they did to her for weeks now. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see. It's uh, 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show this week on this Friday, September 29th, 2023. Hopefully you have great plans this weekend. Like I said, I'm heading down to Annapolis tomorrow morning. Going to be tailgating, watching my Navy take on the University of South Florida It's going to be a great day, some tailgating. Hopefully the weather's good. It does look that way. And, um, you know, we'll see what's happening. I just saw that uh, Jenny Tear down at the border at Eagle View just uh, intercepted a migrant, an illegal migrant from uh, Italy, saying he's from Italy and he's looking to enter the United States. So she just posted that on her social media, so look to give it a follow. Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. God bless, be safe, and we will see you on Monday.